0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of SpinCast. Today, we are back on the topic of collegiate esports. Um, Today's guest is Toby Ebel. He is the esports program head coach um, at Baker University. So without further ado, Toby, go ahead and introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of background, how you got introduced in the esports scene, um, where your passion started with gaming, and how that brought you to be the head coach at Baker um, University.
1: Okay, well, that will uh, I can do that, but I'm going to date myself a little bit. So, But you can see me for those that are able to watch. I'm already a little older, as you can tell. So I started gaming. I've uh, been a longtime fan of gaming. My first system that I ever had, I'm, I'm not going to tell you I played Pong on a TV, but I did. But I had a, a, a VIC-20, an old PC computer that had some you know very basic things you can do with it in terms of personal computer, but it had games. Uh, from time to time, some of them I even had to type in the code and get them to run. So that goes way back. But so I've been playing a long time. Uh, lately, last uh, you know, ten or fifteen years, twenty years, big fan of Blizzard products. Really liked StarCraft, uh, Warcraft, World of Warcraft. Lately, playing a lot of Overwatch and Hearthstone myself. I'm not good at any of these games, but I play them. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, but I also come from a traditional sports background. So I was an assistant volleyball coach here at Baker uh, for several years, and I've also worked here. I work here currently in the IT department as well. So uh, the provost and the athletic director came to me and said, we we're wanting to start an eSports program. Would you be interested in, in helping us do that, getting it off the ground? I think that mix of traditional sports, which you do find that a lot of colleges and universities put esports under their athletics umbrella. Not all of them do, of course, but some do. It seems like a natural fit. So, uh, so that's why they approached me at that point, and I, uh, I said, yeah, let's do that. That would be great. I would, I would enjoy it a lot. Um, definitely a different beast than traditional sports in a lot of ways, but there's tons of, tons of crossover, tons of similarities too. So we just, uh, we announced in March of 2019 mm-hmm. and we were trying, I started recruiting right then, trying to get ready for competition in the fall, uh, this last fall, fall of 2019. And we, we did, we were successful in getting that going. We ended up between our scholarship athletes and our uh, students who are already here at the university on doing other things, potentially like dual sports stuff. Um, we ended up with a roster of around 30 people. So it's pretty good size right from the start, but that allows us to play a number of different games and be visible because it's very Mm -hmm. difficult to recruit if you're not visible. That was one of the things, you know, the university kind of asked me about and tasked me with finding out about is what size of a roster do we need? What's right for us? How many games are we gonna play? And when they told me that they were fine with um, an initial offering of say five to eight students, I said, okay, that's good. Those numbers are doable, but what games – we might only be able to play one game with a roster that size. I mean, that might be a small League of Legends team or a really small Overwatch team. Uh, But once we saw that the community of students that we had that were already interested was so large, we branched out pretty quickly and said, hey, we're going to play a number of games. We ended up competing in six different titles in the fall and in the spring, what we had of it this year.
0: Mm -hmm awesome that's incredible love to see the new programs come to fruition because it's always so awesome to see everything come together like that um a couple of things i do want to ask you about um that's unique to yourself and your program is that you come from that background of traditional sports like volleyball um and now you're going into the esports realm obviously so speak to some of those similarities what are some particular ones that stand out to you as you formed um, the new esports program at baker
1: yeah That's a a great question, and and I'm still learning some of that, but I'll tell you what I've experienced so far. Uh, There's some things about being a part of a team or on a team or a group that has a common goal that's just uh, common across any endeavor. So things like team building, leadership, communication skills, knowing your role, those kind of things, And, and to some degree, strategies, the concept of studying strategies, developing tactics, that can be different per sport and different per esport title or game but the concepts of preparing are the same so managing a team from that standpoint have all been pretty similar i i can't be a content expert uh, in every title like a lot of Mm -hmm. traditional sport coaches might be like if i when i was coaching basketball and volleyball i was counted on i was expected to know the ins and outs all the x's and o's i'm not a league of legends player (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm terrible at it Mm -hmm. and haven't spent enough time learning the heroes learning the lanes learning the 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 characters that are available so i kind of depended on a team captain so that's right there's pretty similar in that we we assigned a team captain and somebody who i knew i could trust in that role and who also understood the game played at a pretty high level so we rely on some of those things um that you can you're obviously going to have a team captain on a basketball team Mm -hmm. a volleyball team a quarterback you know, potentially on a football team, whoever it might be, and you count on those people on the field. And so that's another great similarity between esports and traditional sports.
0: Can yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. Great response there. Um, one thing I did want to highlight there is kind of like how esports is almost seen as another sport. But it's more than just one sport, right? A lot of people say eSports, okay, you only need one coach, right? Just like a basketball, you need a basketball head coach or baseball head coach. But it's like, in reality, you need a League, a league of Legends coach. You need an Overwatch coach. You need a Call of Duty coach, uh, Rocky League coach, right? And on and on and on and on. So almost people like you in your position, it's like an athletics director. Um, I hope universities start to catch on to that. And It sounds like it is um, at Baker, but it's, you know, games are, the games themselves are like the sports and eSports is like athletics, so to say. Uh, so that's something that I just wanted to uh, expand on there. Um, really exciting stuff there. Looking at your program right now, take us through like a day-to-day routine for your athletes. Um, how do they train? What do they focus on? What does their schedule look like? Um, just to give those listeners out there kind of a perspective on what they can expect um, as they move to the next level. Sure.
1: And that, that's a question I'm answering for recruits and their parents all the time. Right now we're doing virtual visits, of course, but whenever they're on campus and they bring their parents with them, you know, they ask those questions. What's it, what's it going to look like on a day to day basis? How many hours uh, is my son or daughter going to have to devote to this and academics and other extracurriculars? Because those are obviously very important too. It's one of the thing, things that Baker prides itself on is we're getting quality uh, people of character and academically uh, good, strong students, and then they're also going to be esports athletes. So a typical day, uh, let's say while we're in a week competing, we have a we have a space that's pretty nice for us. We have 16 uh, really nice Alienware machines. We got I see you got a respawn chair. We've got respawn chairs mm-hmm. and and desks for our system. So we've got this space that's pretty good, but with only 16 machines and a roster of near 30 plus playing potentially six titles, um, Mm -hmm. it can be a little rough. So what we've decided, what we did in the fall, especially that worked pretty well for us, is we devoted the hours of six to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday uh, in the evenings, obviously, on weekdays to practice time and set up and getting ready and prepared for things like uh, live streaming and whatnot. So if you were on our uh, Rocket League team, and you had a competition coming up on Saturday, you might spend an hour to an hour and a half in that room during that block of time, three times a week, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, seven to eight thirty. get in there and practice and be ready, work with your team, work with your team captain. I would be in there also not a great rocket league player, but I'm getting the hang of it and getting mm-hmm. a feel for the game and how it, how it needs to work in order for you to be successful. Um, and so that's that for that particular team our Overwatch team is also going to practice our League of Legends team is also going to practice so then we're finding those windows of time if what we decided is if if somebody if some team didn't have a competition coming up that weekend they might be scaled back to one practice a week or maybe mm-hmm. two instead of two or three so that was kind of a nice mix i also do have a quite a bit of overlap in terms of, I've got players who play both Rocket League and Overwatch or League of Legends. And so you also have to deal with those kind of things too. Um, and then, of course, there's there's game day. And typically, uh, matches are often Saturdays and Sundays. For some reason, they like to start at 2 p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like across the board, everything seems to start at that same time. That's another issue that esports, collegiate e- esports needs to work out, maybe expanding that, that gap a little bit. But so then we show up, you know, an hour to, to 90 minutes early to to do practice and, and to do setup for our live stream, get our broadcast ready. Uh, that's definitely something we're still working on, by the way. Um, we had some, some pretty successful live streams, not a lot of viewers, but decent production and, and, and good calls of our games. But we got a long ways to go to be to be like Boise State. So I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen the, any of their productions yep. but yeah, they're like a an ESPN, and they do a great job. And I know Doc Haskell uh, pretty well now, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: we're trying to emulate what they do on a very, very much smaller budget.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. He's actually he's actually been on the podcast. Is uh, that right? Yeah, yeah. Great, great guy. Great insight. You can tell that yes. he's just been in it longer, so he's had the time and the resources <laughs> yes. to really go full speed, and it's awesome to see that. And I, I definitely see all the you know smaller universities that are starting they're heading that way for sure uh um, right. he's just had the time and the resources which we unfortunately
1: a couple times yeah. i'm sorry to interrupt we played no, no, them a couple good. times in
0: rocket league and mm. we
1: almost beat them uh two times it came down to overtimes and mm-hmm. one time we had a ball 90 percent into the goal Ooh. and they made a great save yeah. and that would have won the match for us and we it didn't quite happen but but there then he sent me their production video of it and their, their broadcast mm-hmm. and You know, not only is it great to see and it was good for us for exposure to be playing, you know, Mm -hmm. D1 schools like that, but then we could go back and learn from that film and we could watch and, and see from their perspective and listen to their broadcasters talk about our gameplay or the gameplay in general. And so that was really fun and really good for us.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's that's a common theme that I really in doing a number of these um, collegiate podcasts is that, you know, you guys are so apt to share, you know, VODs and past film with each other to help each other get better because everyone wants to see the collegiate scene continue to rise and grow and improve. Um, and that's a collective effort for sure. Um, so I absolutely love to see it. Um, my next question for you would be on the topic of recruiting. So you talked about it a little bit here and there um, briefly just now. Um, how do you approach recruiting esports um, athletes? Is it different from traditional athletes? Um, is there anything that like pops in your mind and like how you approach it? Maybe you have trouble with parents and convincing them, hey, like esports is actually like the, your your son or daughter is an athlete, um, and they need to be like treating it like that. Um, so just talk to that. How you approach that kind of topic of recruiting um, to get those players in to bolster your program?
1: Sure. So. Uh... There's a lot to that. And there's, again, there's a lot of similarities to to traditional athletics, but I'm finding that there's even more distinctions than, say, just between coaching uh, in terms of recruiting esports athletes. And you mentioned a couple of them there. So right away, uh, parents and students aren't fully aware of the process because a lot of times these kids weren't thinking about this. This is so new that they didn't know this was a, a possibility for them. Their parents certainly didn't know. And while they might've been telling them, hey, get off the computer or get off your Xbox or PS4 or whatever and, and go outside and, and or study, these kids could have been really putting in more time and getting even better. But that's a kind of side topic. But just the fact that they didn't know uh, that, that scholarships were available, sizable athletic scholarships were available, um, is just so new that we're having to kind of teach people and let them know and reach out and say hey you can get something uh, really special here you can get a great scholarship at a great academic university come away with a fantastic degree and job opportunities career opportunities um, and you you don't have to step one foot under the gym or on a football field or a soccer field or anything that you Mm -hmm. can just be in our arena and be competing playing video games which is what you're passionate about anyway you know I compare it quite often to um, a gym rat in basketball you know we've all seen that kid who's you know maybe dad or mom was a coach and they're just in the gym from the time they were young didn't want to leave just constantly shooting baskets you would never tell that kid hey get out of the gym and and go play some video games or or whatever you know you'd say you'd, you'd promote that and say hey keep up the good work one day that might pay off and you might end up with a scholarship compare that to the kid who's been playing league of legends for five years now and is getting really good at it and a lot of times you're like, yeah, hey, get off the computer, go do something worthwhile. Well, now this is that case. You can be mm-hmm. that gym rat, but in an esports way, and be developing your skills to get yourself that great um, scholarship and education possibility. I've also had some kids who've said, you know, they're they're really good at whatever game they play. Like I had one that played Rocket League the other day, really strong, grandmaster level, and he frankly said to me, my parents aren't interested in an esports scholarship, and I was a little bit taken aback, but clearly that means we've got more educating to do, more communicating mm-hmm. to do about how it, there really shouldn't be any, any, uh, any problem with that. From my perspective, it's dollars. It's scholarship money to get you an education. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to be locked into eSports as a, as a lifetime career or anything. It gets your foot in the door to help you develop uh, your, your education and, of course, your career opportunities.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's something I definitely want to expand on right there is career opportunities, right? The esports industry right now is booming as we all know, but a lot of people don't really realize it, right? They've seen it on ESPN. They've seen Rocket League on ESPN. Like, oh, that's pretty cool, right? They've seen their son or daughter play FIFA or League of Legends or Call of Duty on the computer, or on the Xbox or whatnot. Um, They're like, oh, that's pretty cool. I've seen the pro league. I've heard about my son or daughter talk about it. But in reality, there's so many jobs, right? It's not just – like you go to college to play and then go pro, like you see in traditional sports, right? Like that's kind of the ultimate goal. It's but it's kind of the same traditional sports too, where like you're being exposed to the industry so you can get a job opportunity, coaching, production, so many parallel aspects, right? Sports marketing, esports marketing, sports journalism, <laughs> esports journalism. It's the same exact type. And you get that education by going to college and then also getting a scholarship to do the thing you love. So I love that. Um, So that's kind of my next question, too, is what kind of career opportunities do you see your players um, really go after at Baker University? You know, is there any particular degree work that they really gravitate towards or or any opportunities that you see them take um, in their time in the program?
1: That's a great question. So I'll tell you, obviously, we're new. So I -hmm. I only have my first batch of alumni
0: (laughs) True. this
1: last weekend. When, when I had six seniors uh, graduate and obviously none of them were ones that I uh, recruited or were on scholarship but one of them is already uh, looking to be an eSports coach and has asked me hey can you get me connected with other colleges or high schools that might be interested and and through NACAD, you know the National Association of eSports uh, coaches and directors um, I've met a lot of those kind of people who are you know we we had a meeting at in Des Moines at Grandview University this last uh, March, and I met, you know, another 150 people, coaches, directors, principals, <laughs> mm-hmm. athletic directors who are looking for those kinds of people. So there's one obvious direct connection. You can become a coach uh, after you graduate or become a director or a manager of some aspect of esports, just like you would maybe with traditional sports. So those are, are definitely available. I think... One of the things, though, that has a has a lot of promise that doesn't automatically connect for people is the mass media and social media connection. Mm -hmm. So to be honest with you, I can give you um, a scholarship to come and be a part of our team an athletic scholarship. And you might only be a broadcaster or a shoutcaster or a videographer or some sort of live stream technical expert, you know, Mm -hmm. those kind of people we're in need of, because we've got to promote our program. And that's obviously what folks like uh, Doc Haskell are doing at Boise State. They put so much production value into their streams that you want to watch, and you're engaged, and you're listening. And all the behind the scenes people for that, that make that happen. We need those folks as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I can I'm looking for those kind of people, and a lot of times there's crossover. You know, there's people who are who are gamers and, and esports enthusiasts who also happen to love, you know, digital photography, videography, mm-hmm. or the possibility of being a a shoutcaster or something like that. So there's a there's a nice little uh, synergy there that we're we're hoping we can exploit and get and get people in who are interested in that. Mm-hmm. I think that there's. So, besides the correlations that you mentioned, which were all exactly right, if you've got sports journalism, you're going to have esports journalists mm-hmm. as well. I think that there's also new stuff that we haven't fully realized yet that's going to crop up as things begin to come together for esports. So, for example, and this is out there already unknown, but let's say you 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 might be an expert in esports facilities. And the development and design and production of esports facilities for a, for a budding high school team or a small college team that wants a smaller arena, but you know they want to have an auditorium type thing. People who can come in and develop that from a technical standpoint and from a, an audience awareness standpoint. Those are skills that that really aren't talked about all that often, but are going to be needed.
0: hmm For sure. For sure. Yeah. There's. I just love seeing the industry grow, and you know, I log on to social media or news sites, and everything esports is just more and more and more every day. And I absolutely love to see it. Um, and the colleges are really the ones that are really picking up that pace for sure. Um, so, absolutely love to see it. Um, I do. Unfortunately, only have time for one more question. Uh, so, we've, no, we've covered a number of great topics, uh, but one thing I want to leave with the leave with the audience today after this podcast is over is. What would be your piece of advice for high school students that have these passions that we've been talking about have these skills in esports or gaming in general um, but they're not quite sure what to do with it so what advice would you have for them to make sure they stay on that right track um, so they can be recruited get those scholarships at um, either your university or any university that offers these type of esports scholarships
1: well so there's a wide variety of things that you can do uh, and a little bit of it involves self-promotion uh, and, and marketing, which a lot of current high school traditional athletes are already doing. You know, when I coach volleyball, I have I have sophomores in high school saying, "Hey, will you help me put together a video of highlights of my stuff so I can send to college coaches?" Those kind of things are an obvious way to to simulate and do exactly what uh, other athletics uh, are doing, ath- athletes are doing. But there's more things that you can do. Um, so something that's kind of unique to eSports is like the high school eSports league, the HESL. Mm-hmm. So you can, even if your school doesn't formally have an organization, you can form kind of a club team and start participating through your school, you know, with your friends and your buddies that you play with locally uh, and competing on um, kind of a regional scale or maybe even a national scale. with other teams in whatever titles you guys happen to play. You know, if you've got a a good solid three Rocket League players and that's all you've got, but that might be representative of your school in eSports, then you can jump into the HESL and perhaps, you know, find some tournaments, find some matches, find a league to participate in. And coaches are watching that. I know that Mm -hmm. college coaches are paying attention to that. So that's one thing that's kind of a little bit unique and different. Um, you have to be willing, like I said, to put yourself out there though to be seen. So there's also recruiting tools like NCSA and B be, and BeRecruited.com. There's a ton of people on there already. Put yourself up there. I go through and I check those sites at least once a month to see what's new and what's been developed. And I get I get emails about changes that are made to athletes as they update things. A lot of times it'll be something as simple as they put up a new a new video of a gameplay, you know, that they had and i get notified via email that that happened so if i'm interested in that student if i think they're a good fit for what i need and for the university then i'll go and check that link out and and go watch so but you've got to take that active role in in promoting yourself and obviously on top of that keep playing those video games you got to get mm-hmm. in there keep working on your skills and and working on what's new keeping up with the the meta of, mm-hmm. of these games I know everybody's jumping on uh, Valorant right now and got to trying to get a beta key and get in there and play that. So if that's some interest of yours or you like CSGO or you like Overwatch and you think you might want to go that direction, get in there and start playing and start working on your skills now, because I know that that one's going to be a hot game. If not this fall, uh, then by the spring or the next fall of 2021, it's, it's going to be hitting
0: yeah for sure I, i'm we're keeping our eye on Valorant from a tournament providing standpoint for sure we're actually are um hosting events for that already which is it's so cool valorant the way that yeah man the way that riot's just approaching it from that esports dedicated mindset it's awesome mm-hmm. love to see games really get that 100 percent support behind them for esports specifically um so that's great um unfortunately that is all the time we have for today so real quick um Toby, let us know where we can find you if we have any questions for you, um, and also find Baker um, Esports um, if we want to know more about the program.
1: Definitely, I appreciate you giving me that chance. So, uh, our main site on, on the web is www.bakerwildcats.com, and you can click on recruiting there and choose esports, or you can go to sports and then look for esports. Uh, we're also all over social media, so uh, twitchtv Baker University Esports is a great way to see what we've done and what we've been doing when we're live. We've got a YouTube channel. You can search for Baker University Esports. Same thing with Instagram and Twitter. And of course, my email, uh, I'm always responding to that night and day. So anybody who wants to email me with direct questions, feel free to uh, toby, T-O-B-Y dot E B b as in boy, E-L at bakeru.edu
0: awesome awesome great to hear never, for all the listeners listeners out there never hesitate to reach out um i know we all in the esports community love to hear from anybody that just wants to know more and we'll sit down and set up a time and talk happily um, just like us two are right now so everyone out there in this current pandemic please stay healthy and stay happy take care of your loved ones and yourself in the current situation of the world um and ultimately stay plugged in thanks kyle